love this day, obviously, because I'm a dad, and it's one of the best jobs that I have. Um, and, uh, it, but I like, I like reading all the little stories and things on Facebook and all the cute little poems that come through. And, but I like the quotes that come in that describe fatherhood and dads. So, so quotes like this. Steve Young says, My dad, like any coach, has always stressed the fundamentals. He taught me responsibility, accountability, and the importance of hard work. Isn't that a good quote? That's one of the, the job descriptions of us is to, to teach these things to our kids and to our families. Um, or this one from Ann Geddes. You know, she's the baby photographer, weird picture lady. Um, <clears throat> they're strange. Um, she said, any man can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a dad, to which we respond, Aww. Or I love this one from a Bruce uh, Camero. He talks about the importance of dad as being a good helper. Um, and he says this, I know that if my mom fell and screamed for help, my dad would jump right up to rescue her as soon as it was halftime. So <laughs> it's kind of good, yeah. But I mean, the truth is, guys, we, you know, we, as we think of fatherhood, you know, when you, when you bring home the baby for the very first time, you know, the very first child, you're like, my whole, everything's changed. You know, you went from being single to being married, and now you're a dad. I mean, everything, you know, or a husband, now, and everything just changes. Now, as you're thinking about being a dad, and as you become a dad, you get all kinds of mixed messages, and sometimes you get confused as to what your role is. Raise your hand, guys, if you've at any point gone, what am I doing as a dad? I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, I mean, all of us have had those times as, uh, as guys. Um, you know, and, and then we, we watch TV, we watch media, and we get this weird, distorted picture from what God says uh, a dad is supposed to be about. God says one thing, the world says another. God says to seek him, the world says to seek status, money, and power. And our world has this horrible idea of what a father is. I mean, if you look at the media, especially recently, TV, movies, it's really hard to find a good image of what a father is supposed to be about what a dad is supposed to be. It's a tough job because it's confusing. We don't know what we're supposed to do. We have mixed messages. We're supposed to exhibit fearlessness, but also to admit our fear. We have a traditional father role in our brains, but the new role of father is anything from subservient, wimpy guy to this overpowering person who ruins families. And we're told to be a good father, you must love you, your wife, be a spiritual leader in the home, make enough money for everybody else to spend, and, and don't forget to tithe, be there, be everywhere, say something, say nothing, fix it. No, I, I just want you to listen. At the end of the day, guys, if you're like me, you kind of feel a little bit exhausted with this father role. And, and if you're ready for this, the, the confusion is partially from the world, but it's also, from our own humanity, that sin has kind of messed up how we view and perceive what a dad's supposed to be. But there's something even bigger than that. There's actually this thing called a spiritual battle. Now, if you're not new to church or been around uh, us churchy people, uh, there's this spiritual battle is a real battle that actually happens, and it's solely focused, this battle is solely focused on ripping you apart from God, even if if that were even possible. I mean, you have an enemy that has the crosshairs of his evil, evil plan squarely fixed on your life. And the enemy that you face, that all of us face, is Satan. He's a real being. He's not just some ooh, evil force in the galaxy. 
He's a real being that has armies that are after us, that are after you. He's not your friend. He's an accuser. He's a deceiver, and he doesn't mess around. He zeroes in, he zeroes in on you because he hates you, and he hates God. He tempts you subtly and laughs when you fall. The Bible says that he prowls around like a lion looking for those that he can devour. He wages war against you, and he's out for blood. But what's crazy about this battle, this spiritual battle, is it's a battle that's unseen. You can't see it. And even, even worse, it's not obvious in the sense of his attacks. Normally, his attacks to you, guys, and to, the, to all of us, his attacks are subtle. They're undercover. When you're home, alone, when it's late at night, when you're tired and you're weak, when you're not connected on a deeper level with anybody or, or any other believers, that's when we need the strength. And the reason this series that we're starting called Be Strong, uh, the reason this series is so important is because this battle isn't, doesn't just happen, oh, you know, last week I really was struggling, you know, I felt attacked by the devil. Some of us use that phrase, theology. I, I, you know, that was last week, you know, last month. The thing about this battle is, it's every single day of your life. It's every single day. That's why this series is going to be so important for us because if you're not prepared, you're going to be bouncing through life saved, but you're going to feel defeated, exhausted, and depressed. So the question for, for not only you dads, but for all of us uh, is, is this. If the spiritual battle is real, how do we be strong when the enemy threatens to attack? So here's what we're going to do. Over the next several, this is our summer series, so over the next uh, several weeks, we're going to be taking a look at this thing, the spiritual battle, but mainly being strong, and what does that look like? And we're uh, going to be in the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles, you can uh, look that up. Ephesians chapter 6. Now, the book of Ephesians is a fascinating letter. It's a, it's a letter that was written probably to the church in Ephesus, but more so uh, the theologians are thinking that it was written for the purpose of being distributed um, based on some of the languaging in the letter. Um, but the, the, it's a quick read. It's only six chapters long, and uh, it, it's this beautiful letter that Paul writes talking about the, the great gift that God has given to us in Christ, that Jesus has paid for the guilt of our sin. He's paid it all, and he's rescued you from death and offers life to everybody, real life, life that matters. And so Paul writes this letter, and then he gets to the very last chapter, the very last thing he wants to say. And, and I don't know, have you ever written an email or, or like you're on the phone with somebody or communicating in, in one of the different ways, and you're like, oh yeah, I got to tell you this one thing. And, and in good communication uh, in, at certain levels, the most important thing you want your audience to know, you save to the last. Because it's the last thing that you leave them with as they go. So we get to Ephesians 6, uh, verse 10, and Paul writes this. He actually writes a final word, and he says, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Say that with me. Ready? Go. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. If you want to memorize a verse this year, this would be a good one. Because to remind yourself to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power is powerful because you realize where your strength comes from. And I want to sit a little bit on the two words, be strong. In the original language in Greek, the word be strong is en dynamo, en meaning something that's given to you 
and dynamo, which is our English word for dynamite, right, which is power, and, and a power that is, is not just explosive, uh, but it's a power that transforms. So it's a power that is given to you, not something you drum up in yourself. So dads, moms, kids, Christians... God tells you to be strong no matter what the circumstance happens, no matter how difficult it gets. You are given strength that you need. You're given the strength you need from God. This past week, uh, Terry Gerking, who's uh, one of our staff members um, in our our staff meeting, shared a devo um, that was so powerful to me, and and I actually wrote about it on my blog. It just struck home with me. Um, So I put it on my blog, and I'm just going to read the blog post uh, that goes along with this idea of where does our strength come from and uh, how that looks. Um, Even if you're not religious or don't believe in spirituality, you may have said this about God. It is one of those Christian cliches that is tossed around without a thought. And here's here's what we all say. Let's say this together. Ready? Go. God won't give you more than you can handle. Sounds nice. A nice placate. But it's not true. It's not true. This phrase is an adaptation from a Bible verse in 1 Corinthians that says, the temptations in in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted uh, more than you can stand. So if you notice, the 1 Corinthians verse is talking about temptation, not situation. The verse is mentioning sin, not strength. God will not allow sinful temptation to engulf you without providing a way out, a way to refuse that sin. But what about strength? What about faith? What about that that power that you need? What about situations of pain, suffering, and even death? What about the crushing blow of losing a child or the deep pressure of deadly depression? What about those? What about the situations that hit you and hit you and you feel like you can't live another day, walk another step, take another breath? You cry out in your agony and you feel swallowed up by the circumstance. Anybody feel like that recently? And in the darkness of another sleepless night, you scream, God, you said you wouldn't give me more than I can handle. Oh, did he? He never said that. Temptation he thwarts, weakness he allows. In reality, every day is a day that you can't handle. Every situation threatens loss and every moment could be your last. He sanctions painful results greater than your strength so that your only hope is in him. There have been, there are, and there will be situations in your life that only God can handle. In fact, that is the way the phrase should read. Instead of God won't give you more than, ha- than you can handle, it should read, God won't give you more than he can handle. He's more powerful than your pain. He's more ominous than your darkness. He's the one who bolsters you up only if, to make it through another moment. Isn't that brilliant? I mean, not the writing, the, the, the idea. Isn't that idea brilliant? And it's true. In the battles against Satan, God's the only one who can handle it. You can't. He has the strength. You don't. This is so important to remember as we go through our series uh, and as you go through your life. God is the one who has the strength. Paul talks about 
how does God give us that strength? How do, we, uh, how do we experience the strength to go through the changes, the transitions, the tough times, um, and, and where Satan can jump in and, uh, and threaten our faith? Um, well, he talks about it after this verse. Now, Paul gives us two situations. The first thing he does is he gives us what the objective is. Who is it that we're actually fighting against? You know, first he says, here's your strength. Be strong in the Lord. Then he says, who are we fighting against? Then he says, how do we fight against him? What, are the, what is the weaponry that we use to fight? Now, the, this idea of the armor of God, as we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks, is, is a cool idea because Paul was imprisoned for preaching the gospel during this time. And he's surrounded by Roman guards and Roman soldiers. So it's as if God was, was using that illustration of who's around Paul, to Paul for Paul to go, you know what, this is really like the battle that, that I see. And, and, and what, how the Roman soldier is equipped is really like how God equips us. And so this is a picture, and this is pretty accurate actually as to what Roman soldiers looked like back in Paul's day. Um, and you'll see this guy appear throughout the weeks. Uh, but so, so Paul is, is, has been inspired to write to us, to you, about the spiritual battle in which we're all engaged. So Paul says, be strong in the Lord, and he gives us a reference for how he's about to teach us. So then the next thing is, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Now get this, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. So if you have an enemy coming to you, you have somebody who's against you, you have people in your life that you go, man, this person just is evil. It's not them you're battling. I mean, initially, there's something happening behind the scenes. We're not fighting against the flesh and blood enemy, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Did you know that? Did you realize that there's this massive battle that is happening behind the scenes that you and I can't see? We experience it. We can, we can look back and name it. But this battle is happening. So how do we fight against this battle? And this is where we get into the armor. Paul says, God's given you a great gift. Put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be, you'll be still standing firm. Stand